Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. Welcome everybody to the Abundant Live Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and faithful servant in the faith, Sasso Mendez. And hello, today hello. we have an extra special guest with us. We have extra George Benoka. <laughs> Welcome, hey George. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. And Thanks uh, for coming on. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So uh, We have a guest too in the studio. but we, we do. We do. You can't see her, but her name's Rebecca. This is uh, George's The cousin. person behind the lens. And uh, yeah, she's uh, behind the camera over here. Yep. So uh, That's right. much better looking than uh, the three uh, non-video non, uh, radio faces right here. Radio face. Sorry radio about faces. this. Yeah, sorry about <laughs> I apologize. You can pixelate this out. If you'd like. <laughs> so uh, real, real quick shout out to uh, my cousin Nick and uh, Beatrice. Mm, yeah. uh, congratulations on, on the, on the uh, marriage. And uh, cool. We wish you we wish you guys the best, and I gotta say honestly that uh, that hurtados, bro. That was good. That brisket, that barbecue was it was bomb. So Nick, uh, you you guys, uh, sorry George, mm. 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 you picked. Uh, Getting well, really hungry. Well, the thing about it is, you go to like uh, I'm not gonna say Little Miss. And um, I just said it, <laughs> but you go there not sponsoring us, and man. you get like a you know the half a pound. But here it was like you could eat as much as you wanted. And I wore my stretchy pants because I was ready <laughs> for that meal. So, well, that was what's cool about the uh, tucks that I rented. So they weren't stretchy per se, but they had these little things that you could adjust on the side. So you adjustable could adjust waistband. Yeah, as you're eating. Yeah, so you could just adjust it and make them bigger <laughs> automatically. <laughs> That's why the comfort waist is like one of the greatest inventions of mankind, besides the will. Gotta love true. it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's why men don't have to wear yoga pants. So you just. You know, we get stretchy pants. Yeah, and then you, you were about to cover the elastic on the sides. You know, it's nobody knows. None for the better, you know. But that Hurtado's was delicious. So, so they had brisket, and they had uh, ribs, and they had, uh, it was like sausage. a sausage. I don't, was that Italian sausage? What was that? No, it was, eh, it wasn't Italian sausage. It was like a summer sausage to me. Like, I don't know. Like but I could, links? I could, yeah, it was, but it was cut in half. And I can, in my mind, it's, it went the brisket, it went the ribs, then went the sausage, it went the beans, and then it went the, the potato salad, which was fantastic. That potato salad. Fantastic. I mean, usually, usually Ooh. you go to a barbecue place and it's usually an afterthought. Right. You know, the, the sides. Yeah. But here. Oh, uh, mac and cheese too. I forgot about the that. Mac and cheese. Yeah. The mac and cheese and the potato salad. Bomb. I'm just saying. It, it was good. But the other thing I forgot to mention was the night before at the rehearsal dinner. Oh, yeah. That was good as well. Dude, we had this. So it was Beatrice's brother, Abel. He, he made some um, amazing fajitas, beef fajitas, uh, chicken fajitas. He enabled us to be gluttons at that. <laughs> Abel, he enabled us. <laughs> yeah, he enabled us. You know? That's his name, Abel. Well, um, but, but it biblical was, name there. But it was delicious. Uh, they had... Uh, that salsa, that salsa. So Beatrice's mom made that salsa. It was delicious. I couldn't kiss Rebecca for like a day because my lips were on fire. I couldn't <laughs> feel them. Like, Woo. But it was delicious. It was awesome. Well, they had chicken, right? They had grilled chicken. That yeah. was the first course. Yeah. And they had that spaghetti that Rebecca liked a lot. But it was like a, but it was like a, it wasn't spaghetti. It was, it was like cold a cold spaghetti with cream cheese or something. Yeah, it was like a fettuccine uh, sauce. Feta good is what I thought. You know? <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty amazing. It was, it was good. So uh, we definitely enjoyed that. Uh, the wedding was a beautiful wedding. They had some mariachis, uh, which was really cool. Uh, it was a really cool uh, effect. And um, Man, this was like a cultural experience. Like, it really was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah. And it was a beautiful venue. Like, it was out oh, yeah. in the country. So it was in Dallas, but it was... So it was, it was Denton? Or? Denton, yeah. yeah. So north of, north of Dallas in Denton. And uh, it was out in the country. The, the venue was really cool. It looked like a barn. So, wow. so the wedding was outdoors. 
um, which was really beautiful as well. It was windy. It was super windy. I didn't realize how windy Dallas was. Well, like, we holy almost cow. blew away when I we know. were in Fort Worth. I'm 205 pounds too, and I was like, Ooh. yeah, we were like leaning forward, like it, we were in, walking up between these buildings in, in Fort Worth, and man, everything just blown. It was crazy. Well, isn't it tornado country in Texas? It is. It is. It's it's pretty flat there. I mean, there's there's no mountains to you know block kind of the wind. Block the wind. Yeah. No, it just it was blown like crazy. Wizard of Oz flashbacks. So, like, Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. It yeah. was pretty nuts, but man. it was a very nice venue. I I, I agree. It was, it was beautiful. Nice. Yeah, it was beautiful. The wedding beautiful. Was beautiful. Ceremony, yeah, yeah, um, definitely, yeah, very nice. So we enjoyed ourselves. Uh, Everybody kept asking me, like, "Why are you there? Like, why? Are, you know, were you invited?" I go, "Kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know." So. Well, and this is the whole reason, right? The podcast, yeah. So exactly, Nick, Nick. Nick listens to the podcast. He like, gave you a shout out on Facebook. Did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, "Whoa, yeah, thanks, yeah. Nick. Appreciate it." Yeah, so, showing some love for for real. Showing like, abundant oh. life, some love. <laughs> but he showed us love with the Hurtados as well. I mean. That was definitely uh, nothing says I love you like a like a piece of fatty brisket. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is, was, that, is that the way to your heart? Through your yeah, stomach? it is. It is pretty much for, for a man. I mean, for, close, for the most part, it's true. So, yeah, but it was delicious because so, it uh, goes by my heart and then to my stomach. Yeah, when I eat it. <laughs> so the whole Dallas experience was really cool. I had a blast. That was your first time, right? In that Dallas, was first time in Dallas. Okay. So we got to see a lot. We got to see downtown Dallas, downtown Fort Worth. Uh, we went to a little neighborhood called Deep Ellum. There was a uh, a lot of stuff there, a lot of street vendors, uh, a lot of stores, shops, uh, restaurants. Uh, we ate some pretty amazing Italian there. We had ramen, fancy ramen. I don't know, have you ever had fancy ramen, George? No. Fancy no, ramen. So, you know, you, you, have you ever had ramen, the, yeah. you know, the little package? So they have fancy ramen now where you can go and they, it's noodles. But, they'll, I mean, they put in the, what was the one that they, they put in mine? It was uh, pork belly. They put pork belly. Pork belly in mine, too. And they had this, like, really, in my belly. really flavorful soup. Hmm. Pretty amazing. I got I to admit, I, was, I, I didn't have my hopes up too high, honestly. Uh, my expectations were pretty low. But Really? They were low? Well, I just didn't know what to expect, oh, yeah, okay. honestly. So. Is it like ramen, or like, do they actually use like the ramen noodles from like your childhood? Like, no, no. It, it's, they are ramen noodles, but not the pack. I mean, they're not, not breaking open cheap. like a Manchurian or whatever. <laughs> I'm just imagining these guys opening these cups of noodles. <laughs> like you stand up, you're like, hey, wait a minute. You're just opening uh, ramen noodles back there. That's... <laughs> I'm not paying 17 bucks for this. It's got to be great margins on that restaurant. <laughs> I know. Yeah. For real. At 17 bucks a bowl, was, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was good, though. I mean, it was cool because you could, you could order extra, extra noodles. So if you had leftover soup, you could Egg. toss more. But cool. uh, it came with pork belly. And that pork belly was tender. It was, it was delicious. Wow. It was, it was pretty bomb. But you know what? We didn't have tacos over there. We did at the wedding. I made my own because I had the little corn tortillas and I got the. Yeah. Yeah. At the, at the, at the rehearsal. Yeah. But we, yeah, we did not have. We didn't have Mexican. Did we? Did we have Mexican? No, your your cousin told us to go to like um, JT Garcia. Yeah, we we didn't make it. I'm not big into Tex Mex. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like Tex Mex, but uh, do you really? Well, we went to the stockyards, and that's where it was. The stockyard was pretty cool over in yeah. uh, Fort Worth. Have you been there? No. Okay. We actually watched a, a cattle drive. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, what? apparently, the last cattle drive in the United States of America. Yeah, that's what they said. I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I, just, I don't know if it was fake news. I didn't, I, didn't like fact, I didn't fact check that, but you know. Oh, it's like seasonal, like last. No, they do it every single every, every single day. Every single day, even on Sunday. Yeah, so it's really cool. Right through the stockyard, they just and, and it's like how how many do you think? How many steer did they? Uh, Thirty maybe. Yeah, something that's not huge. Big horns. Big. I mean, huge. There's some people that were parked, you know, just on the side of the road. And I'm thinking, dude, that one of yeah. those horns is just going to, you know, give it some Arizona pinstriping there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've seen those videos on YouTube of those guys going crazy with their horns. I mean, that could, that could wreck a car, man. Those guys are powerful. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So well, that was cool. We saw that on Friday. 
Yeah, that was that was fun. I got some boots. Yeah, you got some really nice boots. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. Yeah. Are you wearing them tonight? No, no, I don't. Don't look at my feet. <laughs> They're pretty bad. I saw you in the first time with boots on and at FTL like a couple of weeks ago, and I was. Oh, just really? Like, These are different kind of boots. I would not have ever imagined you're a boot guy. That's really I, cool. I am not, but I became one. You know, How? those are those are your third pair of Luke Casey, right? Or second, second pair. pair? Second yeah, pair. Right? Another pair. That's right, that's different right. brand. That's right. Fenwick Leos. Um, well, because I my company is based out of San Antonio, Texas, and okay. so I went there, and I was like, everybody's wearing boots. It's like normal. It's like tennis shoes here, you know. So I'm like, man, I gave me a pair of boots, and then I became a boot guy. And then I realized it made me a little taller as well. When you're <laughs> five, like Zacchaeus, if he could get, you know what I mean? He'd be all into that, you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, I need boots. So that's good. There you go. That's awesome. That's the true story. It made Brutal me honesty. Two, two inches taller. So yeah, yeah. I went from 5'5 five five to 5'7, five you know. Good job. In the morning, you know what I mean? Because you kind of shrink throughout the day as the you do. Gravity pulls <sighs> gravity just pulls yeah. you down, man. My stomach's like pulling me down a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> after after her tatos. Woo. Wow. That yeah. was that was, but it was good. amazing. So if you go to you have to check out Dallas, go to her tatos. I think it's in um Was it Dallas proper? No, it's where we went to Six Flags. Oh, it was Irving. Irving or um, Arlington? Arlington. Arlington, thank you. Arlington. Yeah. Wow. So. We did the Six Flags thing. That was kind of cool. That was fun. That was the only day that was not windy. Hmm. The only day. Yeah, and this, they had some rides that they said they weren't working because it was windy. I'm yeah, like, that, was, windy. that was bogus. Yeah. yeah, Fake news. It was. But was yeah. it hot? It was warm. and it was That a, day it was a little bit warm. And it was a little bit humid. Okay. A little bit. Not bad, but it was, it was a little bit humid. On Monday it was a little bit when we left. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You it was a, getting worse. It was progressively getting yeah. hotter and more humid. You had a nice lather on your back. You know, like, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to remind you it's humid. You know, like, Ooh. so you need some back deodorant. Like, put it back there. You know. <laughs> Speaking of which, I did not put on any any today. So if you smell in and out in here, it's not a burger. It's me. It's not the onions. My bad. I apologize. <laughs> so my fault, guys. It's all good, bro. It's all good. Well, we know you're training for the Pat Tillman, so that's yeah. I got a week to good. go. Got a so, week to go. Yeah. All right. I got diet this week, so. Yeah, got to hit it hard. Got to lose five pounds by well, you're, Saturday. You've been training, and i got to be honest with you. Uh, you've, you've showed me your, uh, your, your, your times, and it's not bad. I should eat better, though, you know, but I don't. Because everybody just looks at you like you're too fat to run, but I, I still like to run, you know what I mean? I don't like to run. I, I'll be honest with you. I hate running. <laughs> I scare people when I run, but, you know. Yeah, There's a 200 pound guy behind me, you know, some brown guy. Like, ah. <laughs> so hide your wallet, yeah, hide, hide your, your wallet, wallet honey. <laughs> like one time, I saw a lady, right, because the the gym is on my route, and uh, I she left a cup on her top of her car. So I ran like I was waving at her, and she was trying to peel, almost ran me over, trying to get out of the parking lot away from me. I'm like, <laughs> your cup. She's like, oh, 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 thank you, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> somebody from the church too that lives with by me who's scared too. Like, hey, it's awesome. I'm like, oh, oh, hey, how's it going? That's kind of funny. Yeah. I'll give you a name later if you ask me. <laughs> DM me if you want her, if you want the name of these people. <laughs> but she had two little kids, so. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah you know, being yeah. protective. Yeah, she smiled onion and it's all 200 pound guy. Like, the burden of the bulls. <laughs> so anyway. That's awesome. Well, let's get into it. And uh, before we get into it, just really quick, I um, want to plug AbundantLife.fm. So if you would visit us on our website, AbundantLife.fm, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can see all of our show notes. Uh, we've got other resources. We're going to have to add Hurtado's uh, oh, to yeah. the taco review. What do you that's, get? A, that's a five taco review. Is it a five? You give oh, it a five? Bro, okay. that's five taco review. You think it's better than Little Miss? 
you know, I got to go to Little Miss here in the next week or okay. so. I'll, I'll give you a. Okay. I, it's been a minute since I've been there, so okay. I gotta, you know, compare. That's but on. That's good. That's, that's fair. A, that's a. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, AbundantLife.fm. Visit us. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, hello, YouTube out there. Uh, also, check out our YouTube channel. Apologize. And uh, please, <laughs> and please, <laughs> and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Sasso, uh, you are going to kick us off today with a key verse. Uh, we've got a we've got a really sweet, awesome treat for you guys today. But we're going to start off with a key verse today, and uh, and then I'll I'll uh, get into more of what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Awesome. So our reference for today is Ephesians chapter four, verses twenty two to twenty four, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So in, in this episode, we're going to be talking about putting off the old man. And, and uh, we invited George in today. And so uh, I think I met George probably when you were in middle school, I want to say. Was it? Was that fair to say? When, you, when that, did you start that sounds AC? sounds about right. When did you start ACA? Uh, sixth grade. Halfway sixth grade. Sixth so, grade. So, okay. So right around middle school. And uh, and George was a handful. And, um, and Both so, hands? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, we got to know George. Um, but God has done some amazing things uh, in George's life. Uh, so we invited George in today. We wanted to, uh, him to share uh, not only just his testimony, but um, God's just, I mean, God's brought him uh, a, a, a long way from, from, I mean, birth to, to where he is today. Um, and so we, we wanted to uh, just talk about that and, and, and uh, share, share George's story with you. So uh, with that said, George, um, welcome to the show again. And uh, Thank you for, for uh, indulging us today. And so what I want to do is just, first of all, if you just give us a little bit of who you are, you know, about who you are right now, and then let's, let's uh, dial back to, uh, to birth in the womb, in the womb, George in the womb. <laughs> the, the, the first surprise party. <laughs> yeah. So uh, guys, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Um, you know, it always feels a little weird to talk about your story, but right, um, right now uh, I'm actually in between, uh, you know, I used to kind of uh, be a church planner in Africa, and that kind of came to a sudden halt, and I'm here at my sending church, Northwest Valley Baptist Church, where I grew up, and I'm really thankful to be here with my church yeah. family. We're kind of dealing with some health issues with my wife, and while we're doing that, we're kind of just seeking God's will for what's next, and had some offers come up and some opportunities, and we're just we're going to see what God does, and so we're hoping this summer we'll know what the next thing is that God is taking us to, and um, we'll go from there. So really excited about kind of sharing how we got to that point, you know. So I I'm, guess I'm unemployed. I'm honest. Honestly, I'm, I'm excited what God's been doing in your life, even just recently. I mean, he's, he's using you right now. And I know, I know you're between, you know, jobs, so to speak. Yeah. But in, in retrospect, I mean, we haven't God, God's idle. using you. I mean, God's using yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, we, we love volunteering at our church. I mean... I, I don't think a Christian should stay idle ever, no matter the circumstances. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we love being here. There's a lot of international people in the Valley. It's kind of crazy. There's pockets of every single type of community. So when I think we're getting an influx from, from uh, California, which there's, you know, there's a melting pot over there. We're, we're looking at Rebecca cause she's, she's thinking about moving over here, but, uh, be part of the can't influx. blame them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gas prices are a little high over there. That's right. Right. Blackouts and sorry, sorry, George. I digress. 
So should I just jump into yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us, George. I, I, you have a tremendous, amazing story uh, of your your birth story when you were born, and and so take us take us back. Yeah, you guys will forgive me a little bit. I'm you know I like to operate off notes just a little bit. Yeah, so no, I'm looking down every once in a while, but I, I do want to encourage everybody that's listening to this. Um, you know, a salvation story is is just a remarkable. You know, it's just a recalling of God's remarkable grace. Uh, that's all it is, and every Christian has one. Uh, each one is important. Uh, no one is more important than the other. Uh, no one's more significant. Their story's no, not more significant than the other. And the purpose is really to bring God glory. Amen. And I, I do my best to make sure, you know, I have I have a rough past, and sometimes you hear some salvation stories with a rough past and kind of embellish sin, or, or and I try not to embellish the sin. I mean, it's a serious thing. And it, it's really not about me. I think one of the things that I see, and I think everybody sees in the Christian life, is the, the more you live the Christian life and the more you can look back at what's happened, uh, the more you can just see God's fingerprints oh, yeah. 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 all yeah. over the place. And so it's just God's grace. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not where I should be, and I'm not where I used to be, but I am where I am by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. And so um, that's what this is. And so I'm kind of um, going to start all the way back in Iraq. That's where my family's from, from the north of Iraq. Um, and some of you recall uh, ni- 1992. Uh, uh, sorry, 1990, I think it was, actually. Saddam Hussein invaded a country in the, in the Middle East called Kuwait. Mm, and yeah. uh, basically, uh, we, we had been involved in this Iran-Iraq war. And I, I wasn't born at the time yet, but uh, my uncles were involved in that war. My dad was involved in that war. There was a giant draft. And Iraq had this million-man standing army. But when they got back from the war, he couldn't pay them. So he tried to kind of solicit the payment from Kuwait. And to kind of get them to give it and give more, he just decided, I'm just going to invade the country. And so, you know, a week later or whatever, Hmm. Kuwait was his. But there was a big pushback to that, which is what everybody recalls as Desert Storm. Right. And so that's when my family had to leave Iraq because they didn't want to face American forces. A lot of families, there was a giant influx into Europe. And basically, the way you get out of Iraq is you, most people go through Turkey. They're smuggled through Turkey, and they get to the beaches of Turkey, all the way in western Turkey. And then you get put onto this over, you know, overfilled ferry, basically. It's just this, this boat that's begging to be sunk. And, um, <laughs> and that's, that's what happened with my family. They, and there are a lot of thieves along the roads in Turkey, and so it's kind of a treacherous journey. But uh, mom and dad made it to the beaches. They got on this ferry, and the ferry took off from the beach and um, uh, about halfway to Greece. And that's, you're trying to make it to Europe. Um, Halfway to Greece, the ferry sunk. That's crazy. Because, I mean, there's these guys, these smugglers are not following the rules. You know, there's no OSHA to cover this. (laughs) Right, right, right. It's just going to load it with people, you know, make as much money as possible. And so this thing decided to sink. They were in the water three days uh, before they were rescued and taken into Europe. And so um, they they were rescued by a European vessel, and they were taken to the port there in Athens, and that's where um, they, they stayed for a little bit. And then, you know, mom got pregnant with me while they were in Athens, Greece, and then they got green cards because they were considered political refugees. And so they went to the airport uh, May 18th, 1994. That's when they took off and finally got on the flight to the promised land of the United States. And, um, and they were headed towards Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. So the flight took off. And from what I can tell, it's probably like four or five hours as I see the flight path uh, from Athens. And right about when they entered French airspace, my mom, this is you know me recalling what my mom told me about her story, is she, her water broke in the airplane. Wow, wow. So uh, what had happened is you're not supposed to fly after six months. 
And she lied to them because she's like, no, I'm going to America, yeah. you know? So, yeah. um, so she said, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm six months, but she was nine months. And so her water broke and, and they said, you know, what do you want us to do? And she said, I want you to land, uh, which didn't make her a popular person, <laughs> you know, on the airplane, but they did an emergency landing in Nice, France. And there, that's where I was born. So, wow. I mean, they stepped off that plane with a baby and they had nothing. And the French government provided everything for a couple months and then they got back on another plane and made it to the States. So were you born on the plane or did you make it to the hospital? I think I made it to the hospital. Okay. So, so your mom was pregnant when, when that ferry went down. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what she told me is she was pregnant in the water when the uh, ferry went down. Uh, and uh, what were they hanging on to? I mean, you, they're in the water three days. Like what? I think like a, something that floated, whatever floated. That's, um, that's crazy. Maybe you made her buoyant. You know what I mean? Because she's pregnant and <laughs> like bobbing in the water. I think that's why I'm such a great swimmer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You were, you were inside, you know, dude. Right. Dog pedal. Yeah, That's, I mean, when she when she told me the story growing up of, of their journey over, I'm just like, how, how do you survive that, you know? How, right. did, how did you survive that? And, I mean, just a lot of struggle. I mean, just this, this just great struggle to get over here. And they got over here and... And uh, well, George, uh, that's that's amazing. That's crazy. I mean, it's a crazy story, but it's a, it's amazing how God preserved, right? I mean, it's just... His preservation, his mercy, his grace. I mean, he was already working. Like a modern day Moses, you know, yeah. right in the basket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk to George a little bit more about uh, what happened here in the States once he got to the States. Are you looking to apply God's truth in a practical way to your everyday life? Stay in the Fight is a weekday devotional written by Sasso Mendez. This short three-minute read looks at a verse of scripture and applies it to life in a very real and transparent way. Sasso's blog-style writing is humorous, relatable, and a great way to align your thoughts with God's Word. Visit stayinthefight.online and subscribe to get notified by email when it releases each weekday. Stay in the Fight is a great way to keep God in your focus, and it's easy to share with others. That's stayinthefight.online. And we're back. So, George, uh, you go ahead and uh, continue on with the story and uh, let us t- tell, us, uh, tell us what happened uh, when you got, you arrived in Detroit, right? That's right. Arrived in Detroit. Um, so, my uncles had kind of gone ahead of my mom. Her brothers had gone ahead of her, and my grandparents were already here. So, when my mom and my dad got off the plane, they greeted them and at the time, because they're refugees, basically, they didn't have anything. So that all the families decided we're going to all live in one house. All the men are going to work. We're going to try to save as much money as possible and, and get off the ground here. And eventually, as economics, personal economics got better for the, each member, each family within the family, you know, started moving out into their own apartments and that kind of thing. And we all lived in the same apartment complex, pretty much. Um, my dad... Um, you know, and, and, and there are different men that I'm kind of highlighting throughout my story. So I guess the first man I would highlight is Saddam Hussein. You know, obviously God used him to bring me here to the United right. States because I might still be in Iraq if he was a good leader. Right. You know, there would right. not be a reason for them to leave. But um, the second man that God's really used in my journey is is my biological father. So he, you know, you get to America and the first thing you chase is that cheddar cheese, man, that, that money, right? You know, yeah. it just is very much so about making it, you know, the American dream, that kind of thing, rising up economically. And so my dad somehow managed to buy a convenience store. 
Wow. And that, that was his business. Was it, was it just uh, like a low gas station or what was? It was just a liquor store. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, got the typical grocery and, you know, liquor and beer all in the outskirts yeah. and that kind right. of thing. Just, you know, like a QT or something like that. Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, you, you walk into a convenience store like that. And I, I remember little, got little memories of a kid, him working there. And as soon as he got his hands on any, any kind of money, um, he'd go across the border to Windsor. You know, if you lived in Detroit, you know, Windsor's. I don't know, 20 minute drive away and there's casinos. Casinos, there. yeah. And that, that's what he would spend his money on. And so, you know, my memories of dad growing up or dad coming home broke and drunk and, you know, um, taking it out on mom kind of thing. And so mom was horrifically verbally and physically abused. Um, and, and, you know, thank the Lord he didn't touch my sister or me, um, you know, like that. But, but mom was, was a great recipient of abuse. And I remember watching that as a kid. And, you know, my dad, he was the kind of person who'd sit me on his lap and teach me to spit at my mom, um, teach me to criticize her food. He's just a very malevolent person, um, a lot of hatred in his heart and just uh, guile towards my mom. So was there a Muslim influence in, in with your dad um, coming from, from an Arabic country? There was not. Um, okay. He... he would consider himself an atheist. Um, oh, wow. When he got okay. to America, he didn't attend a church of any kind. Um, and so, I mean, there's influence over there for how you look at women generally across the Middle East. Women are kind of viewed more as property than anything else. And so you, you give a dowry. It's like you buy her, so to speak, and the family sells her to you. And, um, you know, a dowry isn't always like that. It's, those connotations aren't always with it. But it's it's a part of the mentality, especially in the Middle East, they view women like that. And so, you know, that's kind of par for the course or Yeah. Yeah. So your mom expected that in a sense or she expected to be treated as less than him, but I don't I don't think any woman expects to be right hit, you know, or just, you know, verbally abused like that. So it's just one of those things that 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 was the case. And um what that led to is uh, one day coming home and mom discovered him in the house with another woman. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'd gotten home early from school that day. It was a half day. And I guess he thought it was going to be more than a half day or whatever. And mom discovered him. And, um, you know, that was kind of the end of it for her. You know, you, you can do a lot of things to him, but you know, don't cheat on her. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So they'll take a lot. Um, and so I watched mom go through this horrific divorce process. Mm-hmm. I watched him leave. And I remember at one point in divorce court he denied we were his children that was a kind of a tactic he tried to use so they had they literally did a blood test on me and my sister and it was like you know near nine you know 100 percent, near 100 percent. they're not ever 100 percent. but you are the father oh yeah Yeah. you know the judge let him have it but um you know and so that was pretty hurtful and then as time went on we saw him less and less and less frequently and you know that contributed to a lot of bitterness as a kid you know um and it's a good thing to say, I guess, right now. If you're thinking about getting a divorce, don't do it. Your kids will not be uns- unscathed by it, and it-, it will detrimentally affect them the rest of their lives. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and-, and grace is great. God's grace is great, and-, 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 and it cannot be depleted. But that should not be an excuse for us to be you know, irresponsible and ungodly right. towards our families. Well, I, think, I think there's a design for marriage. I mean, and, and God you know, doesn't... Uh, look well on divorce. I mean, it's not part of the, the it's not part of the design of marriage. 
So it's just not meant to be. No. I mean, even, no. even Jesus said, you know, they said, well, Moses gave us a certificate of divorce. He said, yeah, I gave that to you guys. Cause because you're knuckleheads. Yeah. yeah, you're knuckleheads. You're horrible people. So yeah. <laughs> I need to change you. <laughs> right. Right. So um so that's that's kind of what led up to that. And and I gotta say on this side of it, I look back and I think, what a great thing that my biological dad didn't get to influence me any more than that. Wow. Yeah. Um that's at, at But the, that's that's still difficult. I mean, dads are dads have a specific role in the huge in a, role, yeah. Especially in a son's life. Yes. Uh, and a daughter as well, but but specifically in a son. I mean, there's a lot there's a whole generation of of uh well, now men, but they grew up without fathers yeah. and man, I mean, you look Show at, me the father. Yeah. You, yeah. Great movie on that. Well, you look at like the transgender movement, and you look at all this uh, there's just a lot of stuff that's going on. I mean, and that's a lot of because of missing dads. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you see that all the time. And growing up in, growing up in Detroit, I was not. It, my situation was not uncommon. It was the the the, was, the more common situation yeah, going to public school in Detroit. I mean, most of the most of the kids that were my friends were uh, were, were kids without dads, that's and sad. so it, it's very sad. And um, you know, I have a burden for those type of kids. Um, but anyway, God God did use it. You know, He used it. I think in a way to protect me from some of that influence and. Um, so dad and mom divorced and I, I think it was like almost simultaneously mom got sick. Um, she was diagnosed with lupus, uh, and, and a very, I mean, her lupus was very intense, very aggressive. She was kind of, um, helped at Ann Arbor university research hospital up there. Pretty good research hospital. But, um, I remember as a kid, you know, mom started getting this litany of prescriptions and, you know, you know the Monday through Sunday organizer thing. A little plastic clear thing. Yeah. yeah, we had four of those for the wow. four frequent times of day that mom and mom couldn't read English very well and didn't speak English. So any hospital visit, any hospital stay, doctor visit, prescriptions, that was all on us as kids to make sure all that stuff happened. How old were you at that time? Um, when mom first started getting sick, I think I was seven years old. Wow. Yep, I was seven. Um, she still was pretty healthy. And by the time I was 12, she had really declined. She had really declined. And she could not hold a pencil in her hand. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to write checks. I had to forge checks. Might edit out, that out later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll blur it out for the YouTube. <laughs> Pixelation. Uh, I tried to get her sometimes, like, Mom, make your cross or something, just, like, for a T for your first name. And, you know, sometimes she could barely do that. And, mm. um, you know, uh, my sister, Savine, did, did did a lot of grocery shopping, did a lot of intimate care of my mom. And I, I did, like, you know, the... the paying the rent, uh, writing the rent check and going to her to department of economic security to make sure she got those benefits. And mom became more and more dependent as a result, became more and more dependent on her, uh, extended family. So Rebecca's dad who's here with us in the studio. Um, she became very dependent on him and my other uncle Philip. And so she started following them wherever they went. She had no choice. You know I mean? She, you know, she needed somebody to make sure that she was okay. And so they moved out West. They, they, my uncles had kind of had the American dream happen to them. You know, they started a business in, in Detroit and it grew and grew and grew and they cashed it out and they took all that money, moved out West and, and started another business. And so God really kind of blessed their efforts in business here and there. But when we moved to Phoenix, they actually realized Phoenix is not the right place for our business. We need to move to El Cajon, California, where there's more Chaldeans, people like us, uh, for, for the type of business we want to start. And that was when my mom said, I'm not moving anymore. You know, I can't do it physically, that kind of thing. Uh, we moved into a house, 4454 West Orabi Drive, uh, like right there. Yeah, it's not far. Half a mile. 
Um, um, yeah, we're close because Ben doesn't live too far from that yeah, location. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, you could walk there in 20 minutes or whatever. Wow. Um, and so that's where we moved into when we first moved into Phoenix. And one day my uncle took uh, a turn down Yorkshire. It was actually not the road he was supposed to turn <laughs> on, but he, but he took a turn down there and I, I'd been enrolled in the public school, Shadow Mountain Public School here. And, um, I wasn't doing well. Uh, you know, I was getting in fights, getting in trouble, being a troublesome kid. And, and they saw that and they were getting ready to move to California. So they're like, we need to find a different school situation for this boy and girl. And so they, they saw this sign, Arrowhead Christian Academy. And, you know, they pulled into the parking lot. My uncle walked out of his car, met Kevin Waycaster mm. and said, um, will you guys accept two kids? You're, you're, are you a strict school? And asked him some questions like that. And it all checked out. And he said, all right, we're bringing two kids tomorrow. Wow. And, uh, you know, I think uh, my uncle told me this later. He's like, um, you know, he asked a strange question. I said, what did he ask you, uncle? He said, don't, don't you want to show the, the school to the kids? He said, no, it doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> They're going. They have no say. <laughs> Middle Eastern hierarchy right there, man. Like, you know, these days, like, you know, do you like the school kids? And uh, that's just not what it was like in no. my family growing up. Yeah, you don't care. You don't, we don't, you don't matter. So, <laughs> Do what uh, I say. Yeah. So, so we started there the next day. And I, I mean, I had not tucked in a shirt one day in my life. I remember I walked in, I, I got out of the line, the, the car line, and I walked up, and Kevin Waycaster greeted me and said, hey, you're George. Said, yeah, he said, tuck in your shirt. Wow. And, uh, and I said, nice to meet um, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I went to the bathroom and tucked in my shirt. And, um, you know, um, I was angry. I, I'm, you know, when I got to Arrowhead Christian Academy, and I was a bitter kid, and uh, quite frankly, I hated God. You know, because it felt like God hated me, you know. And it's funny because if you would have asked me, I said, there can't be a God. But if you asked me how I felt about God, I could, I could tell you, well, I hate him. And this, this yeah. is so funny about atheists. It's like, how could you feel anything towards somebody who doesn't exist? Right, right. So it's like definitely when you talk to atheists or people that are angry like that against religion or whatever, it's like they always have feelings towards, yeah. towards a creator. It's like... You're kind of contradicting. Right. You know, contradicting. Yourself. Do you think that uh, that anger and that hate was stemmed from from your dad leaving, and yeah. not not just not being around and and just leaving you to handle? Like you, you had to become an adult, like at, at 12 years old. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And it was the combination of all those life circumstances. So, you know, at home I had to be an adult, and so I had to be very serious. There was no room for goofing around, and I had to do what I had to do, and. Um, at school, it was my chance <laughs> to take it out on my teachers and be a kid and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, that's what yeah. I did. And, um, you know, um, I, I had a lot of pride, so, you know, I like, I liked a good challenge. So I was picking fights and getting into trouble. And, um, I remember my seventh grade year, they went from demerits to quarter slips Okay. I remember them introducing quarter slips. And, and I think they're back to demerits now, right? Are they? I thought they were quarters still. Maybe they are quarters. Yeah. I don't know. Quarters that don't have any value of money. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. They cost you money. Four, I mean, four quarters know. doesn't make a dollar there. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> Makes a detention. Four quarters equal detention. Right, right. Oh, man. It, and it was bad. I mean, I'd get... Justin, Justin Howe was, I think, a, a new teacher my seventh grade year. And, uh, yeah. oh, that poor guy. And I love Justin. I mean, he's, he's a tremendous brother, but I'd, I'd give him a run for his money. I mean, I really give him a run for his money. And he'd say things like, um, you know, stop talking or I'll give you quarters. I say, give me three teach. You know, um, <laughs> hit me. <Wow>. Hit me. <laughs> like blackjack. Hit me. <laughs> Go ahead. And, 
And that's horrible. You know, that is absolutely horrible because it's like, how do you control a kid yeah. that doesn't care, doesn't care what right. you do to him? Because the worst you can do to him in a school setting, discipline wise, is nothing. It pales in comparison to what's what's kind of already been done to him. And so, um, so I was going through all that, and I remember they they would have an hour after school, and um, I went from being able to do my homework an hour to copying out of an encyclopedia to not being in that room anymore because I was making that room too much fun. So you know, give him a broom, let him sweep the parking lot, and you know you. You, you know, it's always funny. I'd get out of school. He'd give me. A, he'd be standing right there with my broom. I'd go to the parking lot, start sweeping, and you know, you'd watch moms point at me with their kids standing next to me, like, <laughs> "You're the example." See, that what's, that's what happens. <laughs> you know, you better listen to me and obey. You know, <laughs> are you going to be sweeping? Yeah, you're going to be like that kid. And so, um, you know, did it, you I, wave or at all? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I just okay. swept in shame. Uh, I used that's to like, awesome. you know, new finish the wax stuff. I used to new finish the poles to the old playground. That oh, wow. was there before we built the new church building, and wow. so those blue poles, like Pastor Jason would show me how, to, and they um, they decided one time to give me like spray foam for the the, the mirrors in the bathroom, but I decided ah oh, this is a good chance for some graffiti. So, you know, <laughs> Pastor Jason walks in, I've been like wasted and everything on the, uh, the whole bathroom's covered in foam. And, George was here, or what did you what did you graffiti? Uh, everything, man. I read all you know all the panels in there, and so I mean, uh, I remember one time. It, you know, I think uh, somehow we got involved in an eight boy fight or something. Oh, cool. that's like a Royal Rumble! Wow. Like, oh, it was bad. Tag team. Oh yeah, and uh, that's when it was like final. The final straw for Pastor Waycaster was like, "Here's a toothbrush. There's my bathroom next to my office in the E building." And so, and I just had chili dogs. Yeah, get at, get at it. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate punishment. <laughs> it, it was bad, and um, you know, I was this uncontrollable kid, and. Um, that went on for a while, but, but I can tell you something really beautiful about the church. Um, because at the, in, in the church, in God's local church, for the childless, there are children, and for the motherless, there are mothers, and for the fatherless, there are fathers, and for the poor, there is money. And for the rich, there is opportunity to give. And, you know, for, for widows, there are men who will take care of them. And, you know, um, those that are lonely can have friends and this the church has a way of just healing these broken relationships mm-hmm. and that's why i feel like all these social programs and and i experienced some of those social programs and you know you get sent to this facility or you know this counselor is going to talk to you at your public school mm-hmm. and all that and it just doesn't work as beautifully or it, it's not even close to the effectiveness of the local church you know these so what happened is a bunch of men at northwest valley just stepped into my life chief of of which was um Terry and Doreen Bartels, that family stepped into my life, and Kevin Waycaster. So Kevin Waycaster said, hey, if you're going to attend this school, you should attend the church. And my mom said, okay, we don't have a car because I can't drive. I can't grip a steering wheel anymore. And so they sent a bus. And that morning when the church bus came, I still remember Terry Bartles sitting in the driver's seat, opening the door and saying, hey, how are you guys? And, and we jumped on in and meeting Doreen, and my mom sat next to Doreen, and from then on, we never rode the bus to church because they picked, up, picked us up in, in their family vehicle. Mm. That was a big deal, not to be on, in public transportation, but to be in a private car and be brought to school. That was a big, big deal because, you know, just you feel poor all the time. And yeah. so mom lived off Social Security income and food stamps and, and cash benefits and access health care. And so and we lived in Section 8 housing. So it's like, you know. Any Christmas presents we had at Christmas were government provided if they provided them that year. And, you know, it just, you lived like in a certain way. And so they kind of made us feel 
rich because they would take us to, to church in their van and then they'd say, help us with the bus route. So they turned us into helpers. And then they would say, after church, they'd say, come to our house for lunch or mm-hmm. they took us mm-hmm. to a restaurant. The, I mean, it's like one of the only times it was ever inside, a, the first time it was inside of a sit-down restaurant was with them. And so wow. I remember Applebee's and they said, order whatever you want. I said, steak. <laughs> yeah. You're a smart the, man, George. You have the ribeye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, you know, Terry saying something funny. And, you know, but, um, and they just have meant so much to us over wow. the years. I mean, I'm kind of like jumping a little bit forward. So this is a little proleptic. But, um, you know, eventually when my mom passed away, uh, I mean, they, they became mom and dad. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, my daughter calls them grandma and grandpa. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, it's a very, very beautiful thing, the way they took us in. But, um, you know, there were times, many times I ran away from home during those years. And it, I usually find sitting, I'd like to go up three-story buildings. And I'd usually see Terry Bartles as Ford Taurus. Still remember it, silver, two-door uh, driving back and through looking the neighborhoods, for you, looking for the streets, me. and that was my sign to come down, mm-hmm. you know. And he'd take me to Lenny's Burger and give me a burger wow. and shake and talk about it, and then he'd take me home. And so that's what it was. That's like. kind of a good deal. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm hungry, so I'm gonna go hide, Let's run away. Well, Lenny's you know. Burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess maybe he should have taken me to you know salad and go or something, Taco Bell or some some bad. Never run away again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, there was definitely an investment there. And, um, you know, so, you know, sometimes you see kids acting out like that, <laughs> just trying to get attention. Right. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of that was. Um, well, when I was in 10th grade, um, my principal, Kevin Waycaster, who also was tremendous to me in that way, you know, um, often mom was in the hospital frequently, very, very frequently. Um, you know, uh, Pastor Jason has gotten a lot of frequent flyer miles at John C. Lincoln Deer Valley um, visiting my mom. And, you know, um, that's all happening. So it's like, do you miss school every every time your mom's in the hospital for a week? So he would, Kev, Pastor Kevin would open his home to me and my sister. Every Saturday, he'd bring us groceries from Trader Joe's. And, you know, he did things like when we moved into a new apartment, he paid the first three months of rent. Wow. Um, I didn't find that out until we closed out the lease. And I saw, they give you a sheet of all the rent payments. And I saw his name three checks for the first three months wow and he was just extremely generous like that towards us he taught me how to shave tie tie first time i shot a shotgun was next to him and he was this tremendous man in my life and you know he was constantly fighting with me all the time i tried to leave his school multiple times i i'd forge the deer valley unified school district papers to go to deer valley high school and (laughs) you know i tried to forge it but they always needed his signature like the the the, the, you know the, the previous administrator's signature and He'd never give it, and I tried to make up a story, whatever. And I remember one time, I, you know, I got so frustrated <laughs> with the discipline system that I tried to steal the detention book. So I stole the detention book off, <laughs> off, uh, off the secretary, school secretary's desk with Linda Guthrie, and I threw it in the trash can outside the door. I didn't go very far, and uh, I would have been a really bad criminal, you know, just horrible criminal. And um, and so I, you know, I did all that and and um, pushing against him, but he just had me in this bear hug. Mm. And he just would not let go. I mean, he was a very determined person, very persistent guy. And then in my 10th grade year, day before Thanksgiving, um, a couple days before Thanksgiving, do you need to pause? Yeah, let's uh, let's go to a break really quick because I, uh, I want to come back and we're going to talk about, talk about this next uh, part of the story. So we'll be right back. 
Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's Word? Me too. Hi, I'm Anthony Russo. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the christianpodcastcommunity.org. And we're back. Uh, so, George, I know you, uh, you, you started talking about Thanksgiving, and that's uh, uh, a memory that's pretty vivid in my mind as well. Uh, that would have been uh, Thanksgiving of 2009. Uh, and so... Uh, now you're yeah. in the 10th grade at that time? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and please continue. Yeah, Ben, as, as you remember, a couple days uh, before Thanksgiving, I think it was a Wednesday night, that Wednesday night, Kevin Waycaster approached me in the parking lot. Uh, I was getting, getting in the car with one of my friends. He was going to come and sleep over at my house. And I remember um, he invited me to this men's outing in Kingman, Arizona. Right. And I, I said, no, I blew him off. And, you know, I, try, I tried only go to the church events I had to go to at the time. That was kind of my attitude towards the church. And so I went home and I remember the next day my friend had slept over and his dad came to pick him up to, um, to take him home. Not the next day, but the day after the, the morning of Thanksgiving. And um, here, here he comes, his dad, and he's just looking at us very somber, which wasn't like my friend's dad and he said i, I got to tell you guys something really really tough and I said what you know just a couple of junior high boys you know, or 10th grade boy just what and he said uh, you know kevin waycaster and your friend micah passed away um they were in a horrible car accident and i remember just feeling really confused like no you know no way Right. And he said, all right, Nick, you know, get in the car. And they got in the car and took off home. I remember walking back into the house and I walked into the front door and mom had her hospital bed there in, in the front door. And I closed the front door and she looked at me from hospital. What's wrong? And I was ready to burst. And so I just ran into the bedroom, closed the door and just cried into my pillow and mm-hmm. sobbed. Mm-hmm. And it was just this tremendous loss. It, it felt like the death of a dad. Mm-hmm. And I remember the next day, I think... Um, they had this thing at school and all the students got together and everybody's crying and you just feel like really confused. And, um, it, it really affected my sleep. I, I just lost the ability to sleep well that after that day. And, um, I just kept thinking about death. Just kept thinking about death. Just kept thinking, just thinking, I had just, um, my 16 year old friend, you know, 15 year old friend, he, he just passed away. He was like my age. I didn't know you could. Could you pass away at 15? You know, could you, could you pass away a young adult? I mean, Kevin was maybe like around my mom's age. And so, you know, all this stuff happened and um, time progressed and I just kept, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, went to the funeral, couldn't sleep. And then all of a sudden, um, Steve Pettit rolls into town mm-hmm. and he preaches this message about the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I just remember realizing a resemblance between Kevin Waycaster's love and the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, oh, that's where it came from. This is real. This is, this is very real. And so I responded to, to the message, came to the Lord, and, and put, put my faith in Him. And, Amen. Um, and, and wept with Jesus. You know, it's just, mm. it's, it's very, very emotional kind of coming to Christ. It was finally like, just felt all this weight come off my shoulder. And, um, and so God used that. And um, after I got saved, uh, Somebody from the school said, "Hey, you should think about going to CSA and preaching." And I, you know, I totally blew that off. And then they kept, you know, 
Pastor, Pastor uh, Shaw kept bugging me about it, and then uh, finally I did it, and Justin Howe coached me, and <laughs> here's the guy I rebelled against all those years, and he's coaching me. Give me, me three. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I need three points in a poem, man. So um, he gave me three points in a poem, but funny thing, I lost them, and that I, I waited until the night before competition to try to put something together again. So I think I found his notes, but... Um, I started reading through his notes. I'm like, oh, but how do you preach? So I went to YouTube. I said, good preachers. Uh, Paul Washer. Come yes. up on that one. Bring the fire. Actually, David Jeremiah. A different guy came up. You guys you guys know him, uh, but he was a very good public speaker. And so I started kind of trying to mimic some of his gestures and stuff. And I remember I, I, I won that year. I, I went to first place. I walked across the platform. He's like, Wow, you know, like pastor's like you did a really good job, and and what helped you? I said, pastor's this guy on YouTube, Joel Osteen, <laughs> and um, he is really good. I appreciate it. And I just remember my pastor like, <laughs> hey, you didn't see Kevin Shaw on there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. We didn't, have, sure a YouTube, we didn't, we didn't yeah. have a YouTube channel at that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I you know, uh, pastor said, hey, you should think about preaching one of the Sunday nights. Wow. There was an opportunity one of the Sunday nights in the summer when we had summer interns there, and I, I preached alongside of the summer interns, so three three guys preached that night. And, you know, that led to me being interested in, in preaching more in Bible college. And I, I guess um, I'm interested in preaching, and, and I love preaching, but I'm, I'm much more interested in just helping people. And, if, you know, preaching changed my life. I mean, that's how you can't hear the gospel without a preacher. And mm. so I, I guess that's what the Lord was really giving me a burden for. Went to college, met my beautiful wife, trained to be a pastor, and um, was invited on a mission trip to Kenya, Africa. And so we we went... Was um, this in college or high school still? or College. college. Uh, sophomore year in college, right? Yeah, I think sophomore year in college. And um, just the summer before my mom passed away, um, she passed away when she was about 45 years old. Mm, wow. um, I was 19 uh, when we buried her, and so that was the uh, summer right before my sophomore year. And, you know, that was a significant loss, too. My mom was a godly woman. She was a prayer warrior. And I think my mom was praying, if I had to guess, I don't know what she was always praying about, but I think I think she was praying that God would lead me into ministry. And what happened is when I went to Africa, I mean, I just fell in love with those people. Um, it's, it's still hard to talk about because, you know, I miss them, you know. Mm. So it's, yeah, we, we left some children behind. <laughs> and I remember my Middle Eastern family, when I told them I wanted to go to Africa, they just looked at me like, uh, <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> do, you know, do you know how much effort we put forward, like escaping that part of the world? What are you? Yeah. What are you You're going back over there. Are you dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Have we taught you nothing? And uh, <laughs> I said, no, you don't understand. I love the people. And just said, well, you're crazy, man. Don't do it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so we went, and and God used it. We planted a South Sudanese church, and still going very strong today. They just had a they just had a youth uh, youth weekend at, at our at, at Berean Baptist Church, and um, and that youth weekend, uh, there were there were over thirty uh, teens in attendance, and just wow. God's Praise growing God. it. And um, you know, um, we had we had Sudanese in our house probably five days of the week. I mean, always in our apartment. We always did things at the church property, but they would always find their way back to the apartment with us. And um, they were always in our home. Like she was always cooking for more people than she had estimated for. And um, and the weekend, Thon, uh, who you know. Would help me preach. He would. He would. Um, we would. We would 
co-preach, you know, we kept trying to prepare him one day to be a church planner. And, um, and Thon would sleep the weekends at our house. And, and Luol, his, his brother, I mean, I don't know, he ate dinner at our house five, five nights of the week. He was always over wow. there. And, um, we, we not only did that, we started, a, you know, we, we started reaching some of our neighbors and, and ministering to some of our neighbors. And I was asked to teach a Bible study in the building that we were living in, which housed probably around 90 families. And so, um, we fell in love with those people too. They actually, um, we had an opportunity to do a Christmas outreach with them for the whole building. And so we did a Christmas outreach and, um, ended up like 60, 60 of the families showed up. I mean, wow. we, you know, and the parents rented this tent and had all these people there. And so I, I got to give a gospel message. And I remember one, one night that, that night after the Christmas outreach, this African lady came up to me. She said, um, pastor, um, how about we leave the tent up here and we just do church tomorrow, you know? And we could we could plant a church right out of this building. I said, well, you know, I've never heard of a church planner's plant two church buildings simultaneously because <laughs> I don't think it works well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe in five years or something, you know, because we were planning to stay there a long time. And, um, and so uh, we kind of, God was growing the ministry. We, were, we, we had just, I had just signed the lease for a building. We had moved independently into our own building and the next day, my wife, her health just collapsed. She was in Nairobi Hospital for five days. And, uh, I mean, Lexi looked at me and said, um, I think I'm going to die, mm. you know? Um, and mm. I can't shake this feeling that I think I'm going to die. And I remember the doctor came in one day, uh, it was like about the fifth day, and he said, um, well, we've tried everything we know. She's been seen by our best specialist here in the country. Um, there's one more thing we can do. We can we can try to figure out what's causing all this, but to do that, we're going to have to expose her to lots of different things, um, different elements, and and different things that might cause her to go to anaphylactic shock. And I said, well, that doesn't sound like a good idea. No. Um, I called my mission board. I called Pastor Shaw, my my pastor, and I said. Um, what do you think I should do? And Pastor Shaw said, not that. <laughs> you know, just, you know, as the only Pastor Shaw can say. <laughs> so, you know, he's just been this tremendous counselor in my life. And, um, you know, my mission director said, yeah, that sounds like a really bad idea. The missionaries there that I was talking to and relying on said, yeah, that sounds like a really bad idea. So we bought a ticket, came, and um, caught COVID on the way over. <laughs> and, you know, um, COVID only got a little bad for me when, you know, only had to go in the hospital a couple of days, but, um, Lexi actually pretty fine through COVID. It was the first time we had gotten it really bad mm. as a family and, um, but great for weight loss. I think I lost 20 pounds on COVID. <laughs> yeah. Wow, two weeks. Wow, yeah. Wow. I, I had the stomach part of it and the, the lung part of it. Oh, so, I've heard of the yeah. keto diet, but not the COVID diet. Oh, yeah. yeah it's pounds. good. Yeah. Chinese know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> sorry, sneak that in there. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, we 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 went through all of that and um, and got some help at the Mayo Clinic and um, and now we've gotten to here, you know. And wow. so um, we've loved ministering in Northwest Valley. It's, it's been an honor that my that my pastor would allow me to serve and as a volunteer. And so we've led some international outreaches and you know. Um, I think folks have just tried to encourage us by finding some spots for us. And uh, Lexi sings in the choir, and our daughter loves all her Sunday school teachers so much. And so um, we're just very thankful to be here with our church family. Well, and I, I, and I think God's got more in, in store. I mean, he's sovereign, and he brought you here for a reason, obviously. Um, and I know it's as difficult as I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, 
leaving your church behind over there. I can't imagine, but yeah. um, it's God's got you here for a reason. There has to be a reason. Yeah, we're, and we're thankful. I think God is teaching us gratitude. You know, it's. I, I think sometimes we forget to say thank you for the trials, and, and um, the death of a vision is very hard. Mm. It's very hard, yeah. but. But you know, um, the the seed has to die and go into the earth for something else to grow. Right. I think that's what God is doing. He's growing something else, and uh, we look forward to see how He leads. Amen. And there's something else coming up, right? There's another outreach. There is. Yeah, we're going to start surveying the international community as a means to kind of interact with some international folks and invite them to a summer class that Pastor Shaw and I are going to try to co-teach. And so we're really excited about it. It's meant to kind of introduce Christianity to people that have never interacted with it before. Uh-huh. And so we're going to try to take a cultural culture and Christianity approach in the sense of um, how does American culture relate to American Christianity? Are they the same? They're often conflated in the international community. Yeah. like. You know, when they think of a Christian, they think of an American, but then, I mean, they think of an American in all his lifestyles and in all forms of Americans from all over the country. And it's not so good. Yeah, we don't all go to NASCAR races and, you know, drink a bunch of beer. (laughs) So it's just like, (laughs) we don't all, we don't all yell profanity at the president. It's not all of us. So it just. Try not to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they think we all hate, you know, and so it's just, there's some. The perception needs to be changed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're trying. And as a means of introducing Christ as well, not just it's just cultural things, a means to kind of break the ice, but wow. but you know, we're going to introduce them to who Christ is from the from the gospel of Mark, Lord willing. Wow. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, that's going to be happening this summer. Yeah, it's going to be happening every like uh, two months. Yeah, yeah, every Wednesday starting July, uh, June, sorry, uh first Wednesday in June and then uh, on from there. And you and you speak two other languages, correct? Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I I, I muddle through Arabic, and I'm very fluent in Aramaic, uh, Chaldean Aramaic. So um, yeah, it was a tremendous help to Hebrew in seminary. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I mean, you know, mom mom grew up speaking to us in Aramaic. I mean, she she spoke broken English till the day she passed away. So <laughs> just you wow. know, yeah, yeah. Well, George, uh, thank you for sharing that that story. I mean, it's. Um, it's quite a story. Uh, it's amazing to see where God has brought you. Amen. Um, I do. Like I said earlier, I remember. I remember meeting you for the first time, and and I remember the handful that you were. And it's um, <laughs> it's truly amazing to see where God has brought you. It, it really is. Um, I just know George, Pastor George. That's I don't. I don't know the bad. You know what I mean. I always well, see I, in good light. I didn't know all of the bad, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, re- I can remember. You know. The bathroom wall, what he wrote in there, <laughs> in the stall. George was here. I thought I saw a GB in there somewhere, <laughs> tagged in there somewhere. They, they had to remodel the bathroom, actually. <laughs> it's remodeled now. I don't know. That's why they did that, but yeah, it's it's good to know. Yeah, but uh, thank you for joining us today, George. And uh, we we just encourage you guys to uh, visit us at abundantlife.fm. Uh, you can get uh, well today. We probably won't have a whole lot of show notes, uh, but we'll we'll uh, include some uh, a few th- a few resources in there. Uh, but abundantlife.fm is our website. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, and YouTube. Please do subscribe and uh, thank you guys for. And I would say Ben, if they're interested in this class in the summertime, that they can contact us as well at abundantlife.fm. True, I, I can put a link uh, in the show notes. But uh, nwvbc.org is the. Uh, the website for the church. They have a church calendar on there, and I and I don't know if there's going to have be any information posted on the on the church website for that uh, summer uh, summer question. class. But uh, if not, uh, you can go to the church website. You can call the phone number on there, and I'm sure they can get you all of the information awesome. necessary. So, 
again, thank you for listening. Thank you, and, guys. Uh, we look Thanks, forward guys. to the next episode. And thank bye, you, George. Bye for now. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Podcast. We pray you were blessed by today's episode. Please visit us online at AbundantLife.fm. Until next time, may God bless you.